Hi, and welcome to Reporter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Medin, and today to discuss the gender ratio at RIT, I'm joined by... Brianne McDonough, print managing editor. And... Uh, Kendra Murphy, writer, designer, and animator. All right, great. Uh, Kendra, you're the author of this article, so if I could ask you briefly to discuss what the article goes uh, over, please. Um, So this article touches on um, the gender ratio and the actual numbers. I think it's, it's hard to know you know, what, what is actually happening and then what we perceive is happening um, and just kind of how that affects our cal- our college culture here at RIT. I think it's really unique. Um. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're right by saying it's unique. Um, I didn't realize uh, until I read your article that RIT is actually um, an outlier in that we're mostly male. Yeah, I mean, like, recently most colleges have become like totally dominated by women and that's like a huge deal everyone's freaking out like oh my gosh women are earning all the degrees like what's going to happen to our boys you know and all of my friends they all go to you know colleges that are mostly mostly women um and so when i go home and talk to them they're like what like you don't you have all these guys on campus like why why aren't they on mine like what's happening you know it's like pretty weird um and that's something that like i definitely wasn't prepared for as a freshman when i was coming in um you know i remember in the car to RIT to visit for the first time. We were reading over the the school and the demographics and things. And my mom joked, she was like, "Well, it won't be hard for you to pick, you know, get a date." And like, ha ha ha. And I was just like, "Mom, you know, like, whatever." Um, and then I, I didn't realize, like, when I got here, like, wow, it's really, really apparent um, as a student, as a girl. Um, and I come from a family of like mostly sisters, um, so I was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I got the sense from your article, like what your mom said, is like a lot of people think about this in the frame of like dating and stuff. Like when they hear the gender ratio, they're like, oh, it's going to be tough to get a girlfriend, or, you know, stuff like yeah. that. I think what's really interesting about RIT is that we have this culture of long-term dating, which is actually like really unusual in today's world. You know, most colleges nowadays, they're they're turning into hookup cultures and all the old people are writing articles and being like, ah, what's happening to these millennials? You know, it's like a big thing. And, you know, my friends at home, when they come home, they have, they all have Tinders because they can't really date in their college campuses. It's, it doesn't have that, that kind of culture there. And so they sort of virtually date through Tinder. And, and it's, it's kind of sad to watch because they like want something, but they, they don't really have it. So they're just like, well, we'll flip through these pictures, you know, and pretend that, you know, there's the potential for a real relationship here. Um, and here at RIT, um, I think because you know that the options are limited, um, there's been a lot of research and statistics to show that, that men will kind of lock down on that option a lot faster and sort of become knights in shining armor and sort of pull out the chivalry and that dating and, you know, that whole culture really start again. Um, whereas, you know, the female dominated campus it's like well you know there's a lot of options i don't know yeah. are, are we friends are we not i don't know it's a thing yeah we were yeah. discussing and that you see a lot of guys though that they want to blame the gender ratio for you know their lack of options um and, and that's a hard one because yeah i mean if you try to pair everyone one-to-one that's still hard to do because you have to factor in non-hetero relationships and stuff yeah. like that but um yeah, you know, I'm. There's still plenty of single people out there. Like, it's not like everyone's totally taken. Um, yeah, and I mean, in this article, like, I chose to not cover, um, you know, non-binary relationships because I felt like 
that's a, a topic that I, I want to give the respect and space that it deserves. And I, I didn't feel like I had the I didn't have the word limit to be able to fit all of that in. Um, but I, I think it's something that we don't really talk about is that as women, there's a lot of expectations placed on you when you enter a space. Um, and I think a lot of people identify as male, like they don't really realize that, that as a woman, um, culturally, we, we place expectations on them to be caretakers and to, you know, be cute and be small and to be, you know, pretty or whatever and all these things. And so when you come into like a work environment or a classroom or even just, you know, a casual conversation with someone, I'm always very conscious of that, of how I'm portrayed and what they expect me to be. Um, and I, I don't think that, I think sometimes that there's sort of this expectation um, that women owe owe the world something that we owe men this like to take care of them like we're used to thinking of women as our mothers you know and so that that plays into even our little dynamics with each other as yeah. well and talking about expectations there's expectations you place on yourself as well so for me I'm a physics major and I walked into my very first class, um, my very first physics class, freshman year, and I was the only girl out of, you know, 30 people. Um, and so you place this sort of expectation on yourself, like, wow, all of a sudden I'm representative of my entire gender. And so you have feel this pressure, like, you have to make sure that you don't let your girls down, you know? Yeah. So, and, and I'm still, I'm only graduating with um, one other girl this year for in my in my program. So, um, it's definitely real, and I mean, it's it's different depending on where you are. So there's a lot of people, you know, in in better balanced fields that don't even realize like this is like still like a really big thing. Yeah, and it's it's funny in my major, I'm graphic design, and so we actually are majority female. We're one of the only you know colleges that um, have that in CIAS, and it's it's pretty funny. I asked some of my male friends, you know, the few males that are in my major, like, does this make you feel uncomfortable? Like, are you ever like, wow, there's no men here with me? And they're just like, nah, whatever. Like, I'm good. You know? And I was like, oh, okay. Like, all right. You know, if that's how you feel about it. And that's, that's an interesting thing too, is just that the, the gender ratio really varies by college. Um, so, um, and even in, even by major really, which is, which is odd, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you, you bring up an interesting point that, um, you know, one of the men you spoke to in the article um, was complaining about how it's it's hard to date and stuff like that because there's so few women. Um, but it didn't really occur to him that there's, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess, maybe more significant and, and meaningful effects of the gender ratio um, on women. Um, why, why do you think men are not noticing that, I guess? Um, I think with any group of people, it's really hard to think outside your bubble. It's really hard to empathize with another group, um, especially when it feels like an attack to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really hard to talk about this in a way that's not um, overly aggressive and, and causes more hurt than, than good, I think. Um, and I think a lot of it depends on your experiences. Like, we all like to think that we're super logical and we can think through statistics and numbers and all these things, but at the end of the day, we really hold our own experiences in life to be more true than any data that someone can tell you. And so if you haven't um, really known someone or, or been in a situation where that, that was apparent to you, I think it's really, it's really hard to break the own, your own mold of your mind. I think, I mean, 
if you've never been in a situation where you're a minority, that's like a hard thing to imagine how it feels like. Um, but so, for example, I went to a conference last winter for undergraduate women in physics, and there were a few guys that attended as well because they don't actually restrict anyone from attending. And, you know, one of the guys that came with me from RIT is saying, wow, I never really noticed what this felt like, right, to be surrounded by people who aren't like yourself. Um, and there's these certain expectations, like you see people who are like yourself and you strive to be like them. And so one of the reasons people think that there aren't so many female physicists, which I'm going to use as an example because that's what I know, um, is because they don't see role models. So they can't see themselves being in those positions because there's not really many people like them in those positions. Yeah, definitely. That's really true. So you get this issue and then you bring up the question of, you know, why are so many more men interested in fields like engineering and science? And I think that's a really interesting question. Yeah. And I, what's great about RAT is like we do have a lot of organizations to like help women. Um, like there's the Women in Computing and, and Women in Engineering and uh, Hot Wheels, um, the Center for Women and Gender. Like so it's the the campus, you know, the university itself is aware of the problem and like they're trying to, to help. And I think that that's like a really amazing thing when you can get an administration on your side. You know, there's a lot of players there. That's really hard to do. Yeah. I, I guess my question about that is, though, is it enough? What is the solution? Um, I don't know. I think just encouraging more women to join sciences when they're younger. You know, RIT does a lot of good outreach um, for like K through 12 programs um, that encourage women and all kids to, to come into the science, to the STEM fields. Um, I appreciate that answer. Um, so I'm curious, I, I was going to ask you um, what, what sort of uh, issues women face on campus, um, you know, f from your research. But now that you've said the whole thing about, you know, experiencing someone's personal, personal experience, I'm curious for you two as women to share what it's like being on a male dominant campus. Um, I think just like my, especially like freshman year, um, you know, everyone comes here and everyone's like really excited to like be in college and have their college friends. Like we're so cool, you know, like there's that whole vibe and everything. Um, and honestly, it was like really hard to make friends sometimes that you felt like you could trust um, because obviously most of the people you're meeting are men more than women. And um, a lot of times you just sort of felt like there's ulterior motives here. Like this person doesn't really care about me. Like they're just, you know, they're just looking for something that's gonna affirm their own, their own person, you know, personality, their own identity, or or they just, you know, want something that's enjoyable or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, um, and that was that was really hard. You know, like there were definitely people who like stopped talking to you and just like, you know, because you're you're not mm -hmm. gonna be what I want you to be. And I want you to be this thing because you're a girl. And and that that I think was really hard. Um, yeah. So I've I mean, like I said, I've been the only girl in class before. I've been one of many few. I, it's a rare class that I'm I, I'm in that it's um, balanced. Um, but I kind of stopped noticing it after a while because it didn't seem like a big deal. I mean, I get along better with guys, just the person I am. Um, but uh so in groups and organizations, like in my major, I've never really had anyone like, you know, make me feel uncomfortable. Well, I don't say that. The person who made me feel uncomfortable is no longer my major, but that's totally <laughs> unrelated. <laughs> um, I mean, I did have, so for example, um, this guy 
uh, one of my friends, I'd made a friend, and he decided to switch lab groups so we could be in the lab together because we lived on the same floor. And this guy that used to be his lab mate used to be was like, oh, are you doing the lab with her so you can get with her or whatever? And it's like, no, I just it's convenient, I guess. Yeah. And so you have this thing, and, and I've walked around campus and, like, talked to random people before, and, like, you sometimes you can talk to a guy long enough, and, it, and then they're like, oh, can I have your number? I'm like, oh, so you just talk to me yeah you're like it's this thing again like <laughs> can I like and like I don't want to discourage people from trying because like I think it's like nice and it, it, it's flattering sure but at the same time like it's almost like can I talk to people that just want to be my friend like is that thing so and then you're wondering like if the, and that if that's always going to be overshadowing you if you're always going to be thinking that like it's going to be hard to make friends with people like that because you're always wondering do they want something more from me and so it's a really hard balance I think um and is there a good solution? Probably not. <laughs> um, so that's going to be it for this episode of Reporter Podcast. Thank you two for joining me today. Um, be sure to pick up the next Reporter magazine in stands and online at reporter.rit.edu. Um, you can follow us on social media at Reporter Mag on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram. Uh, and make sure to call Rings. It's kind of like what Yik Yak was. It's an anonymous line. You can call in, give us some cool stuff. 585-672-4840.